Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Good morning, Betsy. Hey, good morning, Don. You guys have had a, a crazy, right? wow, a crazy day and overnight. And, you know, I'll tell you, serving these warrants is that's one of the most dangerous things that law enforcement can do, you know, and we have to take these people into custody when we have warrants for them. Um, but you have no idea what's on the other side of that yeah. door um, when you're trying to take them into custody. Yeah, you know, it's it's so funny because initially there was this thought that maybe law enforcement would not want their body cam would not want body cameras at all. I think on the contrary, because we don't allow the reporter ride-alongs as much due to really insurance companies for a big, I can tell you this from when I worked for Fox, they said, uh, we don't want any more ride-alongs because of the liability issue. But I think the body cam videos, I hope they release some of these so that, that the public can see what what it's like, what you face as a law enforcement officer going into a community, especially serving warrants, or when you're called in by residents who are terrified after a shooting. To me, these body cam videos are, I think, a perspective that the public should see more often, Betsy. You know, you're absolutely right. There was a thought, you know, in, around 2013, 2014, that, oh, you know, we're going to get these body cameras so that we can catch dirty cops in the, in, in the you know, in, in the thick of things. And, um, you know, there was a thought that law enforcement was negative about them. What we were negative about was being able to capture that information, you know, perfectly be able to store it. Um, it there's a learning curve to wearing that thing on your body. But, but now that we have all those bugs worked out, it it shows the public, you know, in you know, really what we deal with, and it also has helped save hundreds of police officers' careers. Mm-hmm. Because when somebody says, "Oh, the cop did this," well, let's look at the body camera. Actually, the cop did this, and uh, you know, it's been a great idea. And you're right, you know, and I used to love when I would have people ride along with me, but it's gotten far too. Dangerous. So what we have now are, you know, simulations that people in the media and people in the public can participate in. And I, I hope that law enforcement gets to the point in our budgets where we can have more of that, more 
Citizen Police Academy and more days where we invite in the media to, yeah. to you know, uh, work with us on that firearm simulator and, and just see what that feels like to have somebody running at you with a knife or pointing a gun at you. And, uh, uh, you know, that'll go a long way. You know, we talk so much about community policing. That'll go a long way yeah. to um, bring the community and the police back together. I agree because... You know, and sometimes we see this. We had a recent case where they said, uh, the officer was six seconds. And that's your exact point. You think about a simulator and allowing somebody in the media, right? You're in a, you're in a big studio environment, multi-million dollar media broadcasting facility, whether it's here in Philadelphia, New York, wherever you are, right? And you're sitting there and you've got the coffee machine and, and the nice luxury, <laughs> right? Sweet and so on. And so you're looking, oh, well, let's look at the time code. And, oh, this cop, look at that, six seconds. It's very different, as you well know, as somebody <laughs> who has served. That six seconds feels like an eternity when you your heart is pumping and you have a suspect who either is or you believe is pointing a gun or a weapon at you. Absolutely. It, and it's and it's difficult to describe. And that's, you know, again, that's the beauty of of body camera, because, you know, we don't then we don't have to describe because when we write our police reports, you know, it's very it's pretty static. We've got to stay unemotional because, mm-hmm. you know, this is a report that's going to be read by lawyers and judges and things like that. You know, we can't put our emotion into it. But the you know body camera shows that emotion and that fear. And that's one of the things that, you know, cops are learning, you know, in my generation of police officers, we were told, you know, don't talk about how, you know, afraid you were. Don't, you know, now we know that, that, uh, you know, people need to know that people need to try and feel what we feel. And we also know, and this is something the national police association has done is we've done polling. We know that most people actually kind of feel that with us, you know, the public. They're, they, they worry about our safety. They want more of us in their neighborhoods. You know, America's a lot more pro-police than the media and some of the politicians would, uh, I think, lead us to believe. You know, I, I cannot tell you as I go and give, I give a lot of talks in the community and um, to civilians, and they're just, um, they're in tears. Yeah. Just saying, you know, I we just really care about and love our police, and we want every, we want them all to know that. What what can we do? And uh, no, that's why the National Police Association exists, and and uh, and we love hearing that the support of the public. It's just you know, and that's why we appreciate shows like you, um, <laughs> who actually talk about it. Well, we talk about it, and thanks to people like you, we can get all the details. I want to get to this week's warning from the. The FBI director, Chris Ray warning Congress of the terror threats and you know the increased terrorist threats that we're facing and talking about the fact that it's imminent as far as the Hamas attack on Israel. But as well as we think about this rise in anti-Semitism, we see all these protests across the country. At the same time, we've had this this border control or lack thereof issue going on and hearing about record numbers. Can you give us insights as far as what the law enforcement community is doing and seeing? Well, for the second time in a couple of weeks, Christopher Ray has testified about uh, the potential for multiple foreign terror groups calling for attacks on the U.S. Now, he 
he says that, you know, we, we don't have to worry about Hamas and Hezbollah per se here on United States soil. What we have to worry about are homegrown, uh, you, know, p- you know, primarily young people, but any people who have been radicalized, who are watching what's happening in the Middle East and are saying, you know, I'm going to do that here, whether it's a, a kind of a lone wolf attack or a group of people inspired uh, by what's happening, you know, much like we saw, um, uh, you know, prior to and post 9-11-01. I think the difference now that makes it so much more critical is just the open, blatant anti-Semitism that we are seeing across this country. I've never seen anything like this in my 64 years. And, um, I found this statistic so interesting. Jews are 2.4% of the U.S. population, and Christopher Ray talked about this, but we're targeted by 60% of the religious-based hate crimes in, in this country. And this is before October 7th. So our Jewish brothers and sisters are at risk, and for people who want to attack them, it's going to affect all of this. So whether it's somebody with a firearm, somebody with a, a homemade bomb like the Boston bombers, whether it's somebody with a vehicle, I mean, there are endless ways to commit terrorism and people just seem so incredibly unhinged when you are talking about um, Israel versus versus, I don't even want to say Palestine, it's yeah. Israel versus Hamas. Yeah. It's Israel versus terrorism. Well, excuse me, and that brings us to that issue. In other words, excuse me, <clears throat> as we look at that, Chris Ray and a lot of officials are saying, well, it's hatred toward both groups, when in fact the stats you just cited show, well, not so much. Yeah, that is, I, I was very frustrated to hear Kamala Harris, our vice president, um, talking about Islamophobia. I mean, is there Islamophobia? Of course there is. But right now is the time for all of us to wrap our, our arms, you know, emotionally and physically around our Jewish brothers and sisters. And the problem with her coming out and other uh, other politicians as well, talking about Islamophobia, very often what that does is keeps people from reporting things. You know, we keep talking about if you see something, say something. When people are afraid of looking like um, they are racist or they are Islamophobic, very often, and this is this has been, you know, we've seen this factually in prior homegrown terror attacks. Well, I didn't want to report what what I saw because, you know, it, there was this group of Muslim men and they were bringing in what I thought was bomb making material, but I didn't call anybody because I didn't want to seem racist. We got to stop that. Um, and, you know, frankly, the city of Philadelphia has a great um, list of things on their website that people should be looking for when they're worried about potential terrorism. And and I really encourage all of your listeners to go look at that. And it's everything from what people might be, you know, wearing to suspicious objects that they they might be carrying or, you know, vehicles parked for a long period of time. Um, people worried about, uh, you know, c- cameras and surveillance uh, things or people with, sur- you know, cameras and, and things like that. Um, because we're, it's going to take the American public. We keep talking about how shorthanded law enforcement is. 
And you have to factor in that 100% fully open southern border where anyone, and we know that uh, young men from so many different Middle Eastern countries who hate us, they hate the United States, um, are pouring through this southern border. It is a recipe for disaster. And uh, right now we can't, we can't uh, depend on the southern, or I'm sorry, the federal government to really take a whole lot of action to close that border, um, it's going to take local, uh, state law enforcement and federal law enforcement, but it's going to take the public to help us. Yeah. I mean, I just, I thought it was so disturbing for them to say that this Hamas attack is inspiring the greatest U.S. terror threat since ISIS. I, to me, it's a scary time. And to your point, it's a time Unfortunately, it's like the perfect storm or the most imperfect storm where we have the defund the police movement. I mean, I think about here in Philadelphia on the East Coast, so many departments, I mean, we're way down, right? And they're trying mm. to recruit, but it, 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 the recruitment, there, there was a point this summer when we had some hopeful news, but I just always wonder about the impact of, you know, every time we have a little hopeful news and a glimpse, a ray of hope, for recruitment going up, and then something happens where our, you know, District Attorney Krasner holds one of his news conferences. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. And, you know, for example, says, oh, we're going to charge that officer with first degree murder. We're going after the police. And I just think right. that's got to clobber the recruitment efforts because then that that negative news and that negative energy goes, makes its waves through social media and it's, oh, down on the cops. And so th- this is when we think about this in the big picture that you're talking about, it re- it, it ends up on the shoulders of local law enforcement where we're already down in the ranks. And when I say down, I mean down in physical numbers, but also I think there's a we're down as far as psychologically. There's a there's a psychological impact on our law enforcement. Well sure. Look at all the crime you just talked about that had occurred yeah. in the last what, twelve to twenty four yeah. hours. So local law enforcement has to deal with all of that, you know, plus every 911 call, domestic, you know, everything you can think of, and then be ready for a terror attack. Yeah. And and so it's it's a lot on their shoulders. It's a, you know, it's a burden. It's a burden we take on willingly, but again, like you, you know, to your point, we haven't we don't have enough young people who are willing 
to take on that burden. And it's so incredibly frustrating that, you know, while we have Christopher Ray, the director of the FBI, testifying that we may have potential terror attacks, other than letting us know about it and dealing with individual cases, because the FBI has, you know, made some some decent arrests recently, uh, you know, when it comes to terrorism. Um, but w- the federal government has the power to do so much more. And instead, they are leaving the border wide open, importing people that we have no idea who they are into all of our cities. And they're spending more time and energy and money on figuring out where they're going to put these people, these migrants, than they are keeping the rest of us, uh, especially those of us paying the taxes, keeping the rest of us safe. And that does get frustrating to law enforcement, and I'm pretty sure it gets frustrating to all of our citizens as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm thinking about, you know, this morning as we think about people, you know, coming into the country illegally and then the and the burden that local communities have to deal with. And I know New York, I mean, there's a lot of news with mayors from different cities actually calling upon President Biden to deal with with all of that. Locally, this this fall here in Philadelphia, um, we started they, they started training children, school children and teachers with a training program called Alice. And they said it would counter some of the the old ways of thinking about you know, active shooter drills and things of mm-hmm. that nature. I know that you've been involved in different training as you train police officers. Do you have an opinion about some of the training that we that we do for students? And ALICE stands for Alert, Lockdown, Inform, Counter, Evacuate. Well, and, and I'm familiar with that training program. And when we're talking about active shooters, you know, and it's unfortunate that our children... Yeah have to even be uh, trained for this. This is something that I talked to my kids about when they were in this, you know, 20 years ago. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm heartened that schools are doing something. I, my only issue is it, the, that kind of training has to be fluid. In other words, um, one of the things that we've seen with children who are locked down is that they tend to stay locked down even when there's a potential escape route. So it's really, uh, you know, up to the teachers to make sure that they get good training to be able to make those, unfortunately, tactical decisions that, yes, we're going to stay locked down until, oh, I see an open window. I see a potential for me to get these kids out because the best thing you can do is get the kids away from that situation and and what very often happens in these shooter situations is you know we have school personnel that panic and it, it, again it's an unfortunate my mom was a teacher for 29 years she never had to think about this stuff um the teachers have to think tactically as well as you know worrying mm-hmm. about what they're actually teaching kids in school you know in indiana there's a fantastic program that's being implemented where teachers who want to be uh, armed can be armed. And there's actually firearms, you know, larger firearms like AR-15s that um, can be made available to those teachers through biometrics. And uh, and again, it's only teachers who want to be involved. Nobody's forced to train with firearms or carry a gun. Um, but I think countering 
being able to counter a shooter by a trained teacher or other school personnel is a fantastic idea. And um, until we get a handle on the mental health crisis in this country um, and stop talking about the guns, I think that's a real good alternative, what they're doing in Indiana. Well, uh, with the National Police Association, can you tell us, because you have something that we can look for coming here to the Philadelphia region next week, right? Absolutely. So everybody go to nationalpolice.org or go to our Twitter feed, which is at Nat Police Associ, A-S-S-O-C. We have a mobile billboard that is traveling this country. And it what it does is it highlights that police officers in your community are, are also your friends and your neighbors and their moms and dads but they're heroes. And our mobile billboard next week is going to be in Philadelphia. If you see it, flag down the driver, take a picture, post it on your own social media with the hashtag heroes. And, uh, and you might end up on our, on our social media feed. It's, it's really the response has just been fantastic. You know, people, people want to pose, they, they wave, they smile, um, it's so fantastic. And uh, on our tour of the United States, and you know, we've been to Texas, we've been to Manhattan, we've been to Phoenix, um, and we're coming to Philadelphia next week. Woohoo! So we'll look for the <laughs> traveling billboard. But it's, it's great. I love it. We don't say thank you to our law enforcement officers enough. So it's a, I think it's a great positive message with all the negativity in the world. Um, you know, we just appreciate you so much, Betsy Brantner-Smith, National Police Association. I'll remind everybody next week as well to look for the billboard and make sure we get it out there in force on social media. But thank you, my friend. We really do. We really are grateful to you, Betsy. Thanks, Don. Enjoy your weekend. Yes, you too. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.